Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Jason Bowen and Wesley Johnson. We're going to go through the conference championship matchups. You have the 49ers headed to the Rams, and you have, after a wild finish in all the games, really, the Bengals heading to the Chiefs' house for uh, perhaps a proverbial upset of Mahomes by Burrow, the really early passing of the torch. I don't think so, but some people do. We're going to go through some of the coaches' stuff, too. The Vikings have a new general manager. Broncos should be close to naming their new skipper. So coaches, conference championship preview. That's on our agenda. But first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of your sports betting wagering actions for 2022. New year, a new updated uh, desktop mobile website, and you can go there and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You basically get free money to go gamble. Just use our promo code BLEAV, believe, to get started. BLEAV. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We just witnessed, bar none, the best weekend of football in NFL history. There is no debating it based on the score variations of each game versus uh, based on the eye test of the excitement that you saw. And it was boiled down to the eight best teams, and they delivered. Um, going into Sunday, I tweeted that, you know, if if this continues, we might have seen the best weekend of football ever. And I'll, I'll be damned, it got even better as the day went by. So we have that in our rear view, which is almost a tragedy because we'd like to see it happen again. But it did give us two relatively phenomenal conference championships that will take place this Sunday. But on the backdrop of that is nine coaching vacancies, which is about one third of the NFL that's going to turn over to new skippers. And that will be our first emphasis tonight. And because we have bias, whether it be purple and yellow Vikings or blue and orange Broncos, we're going to go with those teams. So the Broncos, they already have a general manager. They poached him from the Vikings last year. And they've done the same goddamn thing every year since they won a Super Bowl, which is anemic offense, Sometimes defense, defense, three and outs, same type of coach every step of the way. And now it feels like they're on the precipice of change. And that's chiefly because John Elway really isn't in charge with the, the decision. He might be a little bit. You never know it's Elway. But George Payton, a Spielman of Rick Spielman, who was with the Vikings, is now in charge. So this will be his first real big hire. Wes, you have a good track record of predicting these things when you don't have your own money on the line. Tell me. 
what you think should happen at the Denver Broncos head coaching job and then what you predict, kind sir, that will happen out in Denver. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to catch up on who they've interviewed. Usually tips a hat as to mm-hmm. you know who who's available. I think they like um, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, and is there one other one, Jason, they really like? Uh, Kevin uh, O'Connell. O'Connell. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I think we're going to be in a slugfest for him by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before the show, I'd kind of penciled a few people in places. Uh, I put uh, Raheem Morris down at Denver. Uh, somebody that knows both sides of the ball. Um, I don't, it doesn't look like they've actually interviewed him. So I would have to strike him from uh, my selection. Um, I think even though Dan Quinn was the early favorite, I, I think they'll try to go uh, offense. And I will say, uh, Nathaniel Hackett for the Aaron Rodgers connection. Jason said that he was in town yesterday and had an extended stay, which usually means a dinner and whining and dining over drinks and kind of felt we might like we might have an announcement there. Um, I also, even though Paul Allen, who was the voice of the Vikings, said that Hackett is firmly in the mix for the Vikings job, even though there's no second interview yet, I still think that he is a logical logistical choice in Denver for the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. I presume those two are close. Rodgers has had tremendous rejuvenated success with Hackett in the saddle. So I think Peyton knows that Hackett's obviously due for an head coach audition. Denver needs to go offense. So I agree with Wesley Johnson, Jason, tell us why we're, we're crazy or why we're correct. Yeah, this has been an interesting, uh, uh, cycle, you know, they started with a completely different than, than what Elway, you know, did. I mean, he had like three interviews, didn't give any second interviews. Just, I think he had that tunnel vision, but you know, it, one real cool thing. And so I'll, I'll send it to you guys, um, via Instagram after this show, but I, I saw a kind of a, a hype video about their, them filming George Payton and getting some snippets from him about this coaching search. He's a completely different guy than, than what we've been used to. And and I just trust him when whatever he decides, I mean, I know the early favorites, a lot of reporting out of Denver said it was going to be Dan Quinn. Um, He hasn't even been scheduled for a second interview yet. Now they said that that's coming, that that's going to be, you know, not like you need a second interview to get the job, but he's taken second interviews over in Chicago, New York, um, so it's, it's really interesting there. Hackett does have that Rogers connection, but I don't think that that's the only reason they want that guy in town. Um, I think his energy is just a completely different, uh, different thing than what they've had over the last couple of years. I think George Payton likes that. And, um, but, but th- with them not making him an offer yet and them not scheduling Quinn a second interview yet. It's almost as if they're holding out to see what O'Connell is willing to do after this week. But it got mm-hmm. if that's the case, God, this is a long, long drawn out deal yeah. compared to what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. If 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 the if the Elway standard is, you know, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. We'll go with this defensive guy that won't work. Yeah, yeah then- you got you got <laughs> reporters out in Denver hiding in the bushes, taking pictures of planes and Oh yeah, the, Vi- 
Vikings did that with GM search. Uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet. I didn't even discover this, but the new general manager last night wasn't the new general manager. He was still being wooed. He was walking out of the Vikings facility, like the headquarters, and somebody in the tape in the first second and a half said, I'll cancel your flight. And he's like, okay, thank you. And we jumped on that like internet sleuths. It says, well, they're not canceling his flight just because they're pricks. They're doing it because he's going to be hired and I'll be damned. He was Yeah. Um, yeah. on Dan Quinn. Here's why. And I don't even think he's in the Vikings orbit. And here's why he shouldn't be in the orbit for the Broncos. Uh, it's because with prime Matt Ryan, the whole trucking time, his head coaching win loss record is 43 and 42. That's that's more of the same for the Denver Broncos. We get That's exactly right. We get they can be seven and nine, eight and eight. We, hurrah. We know that they can do that. <laughs> They're capable of it, baby. Um, and I, great. They got to the Super Bowl, had the biggest meltdown ever. I don't want that for the Vikings because those things don't mix. The, the mediocrity that has beset the team over the last two years, and then a guy who brokered the most heartbreaking moment in sports history. Why in the hell would you want that on the Minnesota Vikings? Because they're agents of both right now. And I yeah. think to an extent, you know, the defensive guy, it would be completely counterproductive for the Broncos to do that. I agree. hundred percent. I mean, it even, has to be even if he's the ultimate rah, rah leader of guy men, and you know, he might have a couple great years and hopefully he does. But I just think that Peyton has the foresight to know, yeah, he might do it, but let's 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 be bold and finally do offense. And mm-hmm. I, I think you nailed it. You said it two weeks ago that um, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, a marvelous feat of you know historic defense with Von Miller, they convinced themselves they could do that every year in an era of football that you can't do that too much. Yeah, yep. They I'm- said that the Ravens did it, the Bears did it thirty years ago. We just did it. We're going to skimp at the quarterback position, and then we're going to try to replicate that. And it only happens about once every 15 years that you can pull that off. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to know something, too, Dusty? You remember me talking back in 2015? I was convinced we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought, what well, you geez. just watched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, you see Peyton doing so bad and, and then Brock coming in and doing better than what we saw in Manning, but still not good. Yeah. You know, yeah, convinced that he was going to be the guy. And then Simeon, I was high on. And then it was like, you know, you got enough guys around him. I mean, how could you not succeed? But yeah, and and that mixed with absolutely horrible <laughs> offensive coaching. Um, yeah, you need to get an offensive guy in the building immediately to take advantage of this young offensive talent it, it, that they it, have. When we talk it through, it's such a no brainer, which yeah. leads me to believe that they're going to, now if they didn't have a defensive backbone with Joseph and then Fangio the last six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, then I would say, yeah, but we, they've already went through it that they can't do it again. So the deal with defenses and I love defense and I'll pound the table for the rest of my life for defense mattering just as much offense. But defensive teams and those defensive cores, they have this very brief shelf life. Like the 2000 uh, Ravens, 2001, which one's it? The, the storybook Ravens, those Bears of 85, uh, to a very lesser extent, the Vikings 2017. Those defenses are good for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And they'll still be good and consistent in the 2015 Broncos. They are only unholy good for a series of games. Usually it's a full season to cap a Super Bowl run. But they're not like a staying power of Dan Marino or Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. You can't just rely on, oh, the Legion of Boom is going to be here for 10 years. 
they'll be good, but they're not going to be the force that brings you to a Super Bowl. It only lasts for about a year, year and a half. And go look at it every step of the way that you think that they'll get back to where they are. But it's really magic that comes in for, you know, this stretch of games. Uh, So it sounds like we've talked ourselves into the inevitability of either Hackett or O'Connell. Is that safe to say our prediction anyhow? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's where I'd like to go. And 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 the ironic thing is, is neither one of those guys call plays on their current teams. <laughs> yeah, that's the risk. Oh, but yeah, I mean, they're both young. They both have that energy, and they both um, are highly. You know, I, I just think that they'd have a better, you know, uh, relation with some of those young guys too. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that's the way the league's going. And I, I've I've poked fun at uh, offensive young offensive minded coaches a lot. Uh, because I'm telling you, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. All the guys that win Super Bowls right now are 50 and over. So one of them is going to break through, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, that's that's the danger zone of Hackett. And to a little bit lesser extent of O'Connell is with Hackett, you've got Aaron Rodgers and then LaFleur who calls plays. What do you have to do? You just show <laughs> up and you win. And then you go get a head coaching job. And yeah. then uh, with Sean McVay, who is unabashedly the architect of the offense, and has squeezed the prime, very brief prime out of Goff. And then now Stafford is basically playing as the same guy that he was on a better team uh, than the Lions. You start to wonder, like, okay, is there enough trickle-down effect for that to be the guy we want to trust the next three years with? And you have to, you have to, you have to be bold and take a risk because that's how it worked for Kyle Shanahan. That's how it worked for McVay. Um, even the dude in the, the Chargers looks like he's going <clears> to <throat> bring that team back from – many ashes of the rivers, uh, I guess remaining years, but so <laughs> yeah. we've died. We've diagnosed that the offense is probably the way that will happen in Denver, especially knowing uh, Peyton um, West. Let's talk about these Vikings. They hired a new general manager who's 40 years old, who's Princeton Stanford educated, who almost feels like a, a mini forefather of analytics because he's from Stanford. And that's really where the movement started to happen. And I don't know exactly day to day what Moneyball and football will look like or on draft day. I do know in free agency, it's looking at somebody like Daniel Hunter, who missed about 79% of the games the last two years because of injury. He's going to want $25 million. I think that the analytics approach or Moneyball approach to that is just for example, you would say, well, this Daniel Hunter wants $25 million. Well, I can sign Jadavian Clowney. And then draft uh, David Owabo. How do you say his last name? He's uh, the, yeah, he's the dude that is supposed to go to the Giants in a lot of mock drafts. So you can draft an edge rusher in the first round and go sign Clowney, and boom, that costs you about 11 million bucks. I, I think that is the type of analytics that will happen behind the scenes with an analytics guy, which is basically just football decision making. And then on game day, there's aggression and fourth down risk taking and t- clock management. But the Vikings are entering the age of analytics. They used it a little bit, we think, with Spielman. Mike Zimmer didn't effectuate it a whole lot towards the end uh, with going for it on fourth downs. But you and your, your track record here on the prognostications, the Vikings seem to have it narrowed down to Nathaniel Hackett, who we just talked about, Demeco Ryans, Raheem Morris, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and then the wild card, Mike McDaniel. Do you think it's one of those? Uh, I do. Uh, I think it's probably going to come down to either Ryans or O'Connell. Um, they both share prior history. Um I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this new era. Um, 
living out here in San Francisco. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, and uh, we underwent Moneyball two and a half years ago, um, and it's been fantastic. That, it's been okay. a complete turnaround, uh, kind of pseudo rebuild in year one, and then year two we finished with the best record in baseball and we're contending and and we haven't even spent money yet <laughs> we're a major market we have we're trying to get rid of some of these like older contracts which should be coming off the books either this year or next year and then we're going to have the coffers full so we haven't even spent money yet which is <laughs> crazy uh so that is to come and i'm i'm excited about it and same thing for uh the vikings i i think that um you know, year one, we'll probably see a lot of um, a lot of fan favorites probably get traded or cut um, to kind of lower that cap number. Um, I, it's not going to be a full rebuild or anything like that. I, I think the team still wants to remain competitive. We have the talent on the roster to do so, um, but definitely some components will need to to leave so that. Um, you know, we can bring in uh, some of the GM and head coaches guys, so to speak. Is that uh, the 60, 45 million dollar question to that? Is that, is that cousins? Uh, possibly. possibly. So are, you, are you right in the middle there? Because here, here's the deal. Like the, the, the cousins detractors, and there's a bunch of them. They don't believe he has the it factor that was on display in Chiefs Bills this weekend. And I'm breaking news. He doesn't. He's about right. that, good, that good twice a year, maybe three times four in a really good year. And he's not going to be like that because he's simply not that good. Um, no matter what happens, he's not going to play at 45 million as a cap hit. He'll either be traded or right. he'll be extended. Um, but the detractors say that he doesn't have it based on what I watch each Sunday. And I fine, I get it. He's not, he's not elite. However, yeah. The biggest case that bolsters Kirk Cousins as a good quarterback, wait for it, is the numbers and the analytics. Yeah. So there's a big part of me that says Quazy is going to look at this and say, uh, you guys aren't using him right. Can you see that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm, I have an open mind about it. I, I like what Kirk's brought to the team. Um, has he been elite like one of the top five guys in the league no um has he been top 10 i would say yes bordering on the top 10 if not you know up to maybe eight at some points uh during the season Mm -hmm. um what has hindered and hurt him is uh play from the offensive line Mm -hmm. Uh, vikings invested heavily over the last three four years uh, through the draft on the offensive line. And for whatever reason, they still rank towards uh, the bottom of the league in protection. Um, I think uh, Daniel Jones had was the only other quarterback who had worse protection this year, um, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Daniel Jones' numbers compared to Kirk Cousins. And, I mean, take, take away some for – you know, talent difference, but the stats are just 
<laughs> crazy. It's, it's kind of a win-win when you have a completely neutral newcomer to the situation, especially somebody who's young and analytics minded, because you're either going to, you know, for the dudes like yourself and me and Jason who think, you know, this cousins guy is is a top 11 quarterback about every year. He's about the 11th best quarterback in football. And in some weeks he's up to top four, some weeks he's the 25, but in the middle, in the 11th spot, that's where, that's where he resides. So there's going to, if, if Quasi says, you know what, we're going to win with him, then it's validation of what we've been saying. And you get to go into 2022, knowing that you have a puncher's chance to get in the postseason and make some noise. But if the neutral newcomer comes in and says, yeah, we're not doing this. Then you get the brand new era, presumably with a rookie quarterback, and you get to try to replicate what has happened in these Chargers, Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills situations. Jason, does any of that sound off? Because you got a couple of Vikings homers hamming it up here. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds pretty much spot on. I guess from an outsider's perspective, this guy's what, 40? 40? Yeah. Yep. Um, getting a new, fresh set of eyes in that organization could be could be really really good a really good thing and as far as cousins is concerned i'm gonna yeah i mean he's the type of quarterback that i've been envious over for the last six years yeah i mean and i i wanted him before he got (laughs) traded to, to to the bikes um wanted him real bad um but again it's i think it it the coaching can really hinder um or make somebody like that better than he he is or worse than he is. And it, and you guys are probably going to think of a complete idiot for mentioning this, but I got to tell you, one of my favorite games to watch of the Vikings over the last several years since they've had Cousins was when he was coached by John DiFilippo. Yeah. Do you remember that against the Rams? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That was an awesome game to watch. And I used to think that that DiFilippo was a really good coordinator i mean i think there was he probably is he just didn't gel right with mike zimmer but Mm -hmm. and that's one of my other points i mean he was raved about in in (laughs) some of the denver circles i mean we need to bring a guy like that guy in here but um so yeah you know um also you know getting a new guy in there i heard a lot of talk um some of my my uh vikings fans that i know are clamoring for that uh morris uh raheem (laughs) morris uh i don't know a whole lot about him but uh yeah, I mean, I think they got some good candidates lined up. It'll be interesting to see which direction they go. But they, they too, are kind of in a situation similar to Denver. Yep. I mean, Denver, uh, they've had Zimmer for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been dealing with the defensive-minded um, strategist forever, too, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, almost just as long, if not a little longer. And and I heard something, you know, it, and I've watched several Vikings games. And I don't know if it's just defensive minded coaches, but they play not to lose instead of mm-hmm. playing to win. And I think that that's natural for those guys because of the way that they, I mean, coach, I think, and I don't think that they see a problem with that. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to, it's funny. I think about a month ago we were on talking about this topic about head coaches refusing to adapt or to change and, why can't they see it? And I told you, you know, Zimmer's been around for 30 years coaching, 25, 30 years. And he's convinced that, you know, it worked for me under Parcells and I saw Parcells win with this. So we're going to do it. So, and you guys asked something along the lines of, can these guys not change? So after we got done with that show, I was thinking about, you know, we're all unabashed recovery alcoholics. 
So for Jason, for you, if I came into your life and I said to you, you know, that 12 step program that you're running. And I told you, I was like, you need to shake it up. This is 2022. I need you to start doing things differently. You would be very, very hesitant to to believe it because it's worked for you in the past. It changed your life. It got you, you got you things in life you never thought possible. And so like with a Zimmer, you know, his defense has been a hellfire brand before he knows that he can get back to the way it was or Wes uh, meeting you in person. You talked about, you have uh, uh, a knack for reading people because of your asset protection background. If I, if I sat you down in a room and said, let's just tweak this about the way that you read people, you'd probably think, well, this is gut instinct stuff. This is what I do. And I've never been trained on it. Really. This is just how I do things. And if you have some outsider saying, yeah, I need you to do it differently. I think there is that tendency to recoil and say, works for you, but I'm doing it my way. And I really think that is what these older style coaches do. And then we could be sitting here in 20 years talking about how McVeigh refuses to change because it worked for him back in 2018 and maybe 2022. So I think it's the evolution of the times. And when you're so dug into something that you know works, you're just doubling down. That's what I really think it is on in those situations. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other head coaches in uh, there's going to be a bunch of them moving around. So I said nine out of 32. Uh, I don't I don't know that we have the the energy or the time to go through every single opening, but some of the the juicy ones. Brian Dable he is putting together a or he put together a dreamy playoffs because as we talked about moments ago, he's really at least to the outward appearance in charge of the bills offense and transforming Josh Allen into who was a very inaccurate passer into an MVP candidate who runs the ball, who passes the ball, who drags teams into the bowels of playoff games only to have them ripped away. Like, so he, he should get an audition somewhere and it'll probably be with the giants because they just hired a bills front office guy. Um, but Dable, he's the, he's the one that really, like, you can't say what we said about Hackett or Mike McDaniel for Dable because Dable really does seem like he runs the ship. So Wes, do you think Dable goes to the giants and why didn't he even get a Vikings interview? Uh, I do not think he goes to the giants. Okay. I will uh, enlighten you all on my surprise team for him in a little bit. Um, he did not get an interview with the Vikings. I, I think, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of fans and whatnot, uh, it's kind of a fraternal order, um, the NFL, and certain guys mesh better with certain teams or with certain personnel. Um, it kind of goes beyond even the GM level, which um, the Giants brought in uh, GM from the Bills to run their organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Vikings, it was our uh, CEO who had a relationship um, with the with our new GM there, and um, that's I think why certain coaches get interviewed in certain places rather than others uh, is that relationship that they have uh, for Dable. Uh, I read something earlier today. I, th- I think he had his second interview in Miami. Um, Miami, I think would be really appealing to him. Uh, he has a, uh, what, who's going to be a third year quarterback in Tua to mold into 
hopefully a player like Josh Allen. Uh, he's got some offensive weapons. Uh, I think that they need a little bolstering on the offensive line. Um, and then they have a, a defense that at times is played pretty lights out. So I think uh, talent-wise, Miami has a little bit more to offer than uh, the Giants do. Uh, the Giants line, as I mentioned just a little while ago, is pretty atrocious. Um that's one thing not a lot of people realize about Buffalo is uh, they built a phenomenal offensive line. I think they're like seven deep this year with unsung dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that in itself, you know, goes a long way to um, helping these younger players grow. Uh, I, if you're under fire constantly, it's going to be difficult to, um, grow and do better at your job. And I think Miami set up best to uh, accommodate that for, for two uh, more so than uh, the giants and Daniel Jones. Is that because of the pieces that are there, the draft capital or two as escapability? Uh, I, I think both. Okay. Uh, Jones. I mean, he, he can escape as well. Uh, they do have uh, some draft capital there mm-hmm. also. Yeah, from the Bears, uh, right? Two two top ten picks, and yeah, from the field um, trade. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i I just think I think the allure of Miami might be a little uh, too much for Dable to deny. And then he'd uh, play his his pals twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jason. So some of the the head coaching stuff was flipped on its head this week when Sean Payton walked away and he seems like he'll sit out for a year. And the names that have been floated to the Saints are, is it Allen uh, with Dennis Allen? And then one other dude, I can't remember who it is top of my head, but on these coaching, this tree. So basically all of these dudes that are interviewed, since there's nine openings, most of them they're going to find a spot. The ones that have been interviewed. I don't know if the enemy will finally get the nod. He seems like he was interviewed by the Broncos, but he notoriously doesn't find a job. So on this, this coaching carousel, whether it's the Jaguars or the Raiders, do you have any, any insight or prediction as to who lands where? Uh, well, getting back to, to uh, Dayball, just for a second. Um, I'm really shocked that Denver didn't give him an interview. And for some reason yeah. it's like, you know, cause there was a lot of offensive guys that Peyton interviewed and Eric B being one of them. Um, and I just, I can't, and, and George Peyton, it seems like everything that guy does, I, I trust. I, I do. I have mentioned that on this show so many times and I don't know why that is, I think he's a very methodical guy, and I'm just trying to figure out why he didn't want to interview him. At least talk to him. Yeah, that's that, weird. That's, that's that's really bizarre to me. Um, but I like Dayball going to New York. I think I think Daniel Jones, aside from arm talent, he's kind of similar to Josh Allen in a way, yeah. rushing wise, isn't he? Though I mean, yeah, I've only he, watched a few games, but Daniel Jones runs the ball a lot too. Yep, he does, and he doesn't have the the. The cannon arm. No, not but even it's not close. A, but it's not. But it's not a bad arm. It's just no. Not it's not a bad. Like Allen Josh has. Allen, extra, extra, extra light. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of built the same way too. No, I don't really have any. I, I haven't. I've been so wrapped up in watching what Denver's going to do. I do think you know um, Quinn. I think there's a good chance he may take the Giants or the Bears' job. 
Um, I think if you're looking at the Bears situation, it looks a little bit more appealing than what we've witnessed on the field the last couple of years. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but um, the enemy might wind up in New Orleans. I, yeah. I still can't believe Peyton just, you know, we're done here. I'm, <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in their cap situation, that's got to be a difficult thing oh, yeah. as, you know, that's got to play into the coach's decision a little bit too. You know, what am I walking into exactly here? I mean, am I going to be able to get guys? Am I going to be able to, in from the sounds of it, it doesn't, what are they like 77 million over? I think it's 70 something. I don't know if it's quite 77, but it's in the 75, 70s. I think 75, yeah. but here, so what does that mean? Exactly. Does that, that mean, mean that they just can't, they can't getting a free agent is completely out of the question for them at, the, at this moment. Yeah. There's always gymnastics to do with the cap. The Vikings do it every year. And usually if you have the quarterback like breeze and then cousins, you find a way to get under the cap and then you can make some moves, but that's never to the tune of 75 million for the Vikings. That's usually 15, 20 and the saints were, they were nasty last year. I think it was in the thirties and they found a way to feel the competitive team that came within a whisker of the playoffs. But the problem with the saints is, you know, the glaring 75 million, they got to figure that out foremost. Then <laughs> they didn't plan for breezes succession before breeze retired. They did not do the Chiefsian thing where they went and drafted a guy. Well, Alex Smith kind of played his way out. They waited until now to figure that out. So now it feels like they're on this uh, this cliff of a rebuild because they put in their, their eggs in the basket of Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and Ian Book. Um, so, And that's all with Michael Thomas doing a disappearing act over the last two years. He'll probably never return to 2019 form. Hasn't played since he got paid. Nope. And then Alvin Kamara will be 27 this summer, which is one or two years left of being a prime playmaker. So you have somewhat aging Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, who hasn't been seen by anybody for two years. Breeze <laughs> retired. Ian Book is your, your youthful project at quarterback. A coach who just quit and 75 million over the cap. That screams rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And there that's there's really there's really no way because you know you could say, oh, they'll trade for cousins. I mean, Matt Ryan won't be traded there because of the rival. But if they trade it for cousins or Russell Wilson, well, you don't really have the money to be that nimble. And I think that's why Peyton says I can get out of here. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a part of a two and fifteen season because I can get the stink off me right now. Go talk to ESPN for one year, and then I'll go get hired by the Cowboys. It's like a guy that was in charge of a Ponzi scheme that yep. just finally <laughs> lost everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 thankfully, I don't, I don't know, I don't. He's not the general manager, is he, Wes? Who Peyton? No, yeah, yeah no. So he basically very good coach offensive. He was the offensive young offensive mind before that became a trend and yeah. he got breeze and they got married and they won a super bowl. And then they haven't won since they got screwed once at the Rams playoff game, but they've, they've spent every year since 2009 trying to replicate it with prime drew breeze. And it never got them back to the super bowl. Peyton gets a ton of credit for guiding and managing breeze. But when breeze left, 
He gave himself one year as like a farewell tour to, you know, I can get to average without this breeze guy, but now it, it really is like the Ponzi <laughs> scheme. And, you know, he just bolted, but we almost got to wonder how good of a coach he really was. Yeah. We were talking a couple shows back about those, those losing seasons that he had with breeze healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they did that one super bowl, but it's, it's like he tried one season without breeze and almost got there. I mean, would he have came anywhere close to getting there if it wasn't for such a log jam season? I doubt it. Nope. They would have got uh, smashed like one of the other seven seasons. It's like he tried it one more time and said, well, whatever I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I question yeah. how good of a coach <laughs> he really was. I mean, I know that he's talked about and he's glorified as one of those and um, know a few saints fans that, that uh, feel the same way, but I mean, in all honesty, what, did, did, how good of a coach was he? I mean, he certainly wasn't Mike. He isn't Mike Tomlin. No. Nope. Yeah. When you're going to find the real, find out about the real Mike Tomlin next year, and I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I mean, he's because he's played seasons without yeah. Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Um, he loses Antonio Brown and uh, Le'Veon Bell back in the you know early teens when they were just dominating um and he's still i mean no losing seasons um yeah so he's a good coach when i think good coaches but sean payton i can't i I just i can't say the same about wes jump in yeah i'm just i'm laughing at the fact that he convinced ownership that he needed he needed his guy his hybrid tight end fullback quarterback Taysom hill um, he convinced ownership to sign him to a twelve million two or, two or three year deal um, back in uh, towards the end of 2019, uh, and so they paid him over the last two years uh, 20 mil, uh, 8.8 in 2020, and uh, 12.1 this last season. Unbelievable! And then they go and they re up this fuckwad's contract for. Another four years, forty million. Yeah, I forgot I, about that. I, I mean, he he could be a, a very like nice guy or whatever, but this is a absolute fleece job. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I I thought when I first saw that, I thought it was satire. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe it. I, I it's like it, that can't be real. Yeah, that's <sighs> that's how I felt when Urban Meyer signed Tebow to play tight end for like <laughs> a whatever the vet con minimum was. I swear to God, that was like, here, let's get you 400,000 bucks. I know you could use that. I, I think that I really think that's what it was. I think it was a publicity stunt to get his homie about 400K. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Urban Meyer, he came out today and said it was the worst experience I've ever had in my professional lifetime playing coach in the Jags. Yeah, I'm sure the feeling was mutual there, shithead. God, yeah, I think awful job. The only thing that he did, at least for one coaching st- cycle, was make college coaches look really stinky. Oh God, yeah. Because <laughs> so besides bad. besides Harbaugh whispered to the Raiders and Bears and stuff, and Lane Kiffin, you know, here and there trolling people in, in New Orleans. Uh, I this this cycle has been devoid of the next big thing from college, and I think Erin Meyer ruined it for a year. Oh man, just yeah. got awful. What about uh, the Raiders? They always like to hire the big name, whether it's GM or coach. It doesn't look like they're interviewing humongous named GMs, but they usually like to make a splash. They tried it with Gruden. Emails were his undoing. 
What uh, what do we think for Raiders head coach before we move into some conference championship stuff? Uh, I, I don't know if that big name exists. Um, no. Harbaugh would be the name. I, I was going to say, I think Har- it's Harbaugh and Fangio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fangio is defensive coordinator or head yeah. coach? Okay. Yeah, defensive coordinator. Yeah. I don't know if Harbaugh leaves. Uh, I, I'll say Todd Bowles. Yeah, that would be fair. Um, Harbaugh, I, I, I know that uh, <laughs> he takes heat for not beating Ohio State, which I, I – great fine with me. Um, but you cannot argue with his head coaching record, the NFL. Uh, I know that he doesn't rub people the right way in the sense that you kind of, I think do it his way. And if not tough cookies, but his NFL record is 44, 19 and one. And that's going to San Francisco with a team in shambles. It was at the, was it the post Singletary era or one of those other coach, Mike Brown, Mike Nolan, yeah, one of those coaches, and they got instantly good, and you know had a Super Bowl or the lights went out, and Ravens got the best of them. But I don't know if I'd sign him on the bottom line to my favorite team. But he, if he wants it, he really should be able to walk into an NFL job and see if he can duplicate what he did in San Francisco. Because from a wins and loss perspective, it was marvelous. Yeah, he he did a heck. But of I, job. I'm pretty sure you have to do things his way, like feels urbanish. Yeah, does he? Did, is it more lucrative to be in a uh, in a position that he's in now, or so. would it be to come to, to come back to the NFL? Usually, NFL coaches' salaries are pretty hush hush for the most part. I never knew how much Mike Zimmer really made, and I'm embroiled and embedded and obsessed with Viking stuff. Um, but I know college coaches with the boosters and everything they can you know have blank checks. So I th- I. Th- Wes, is the money comparable? Uh, or not necessarily. I think so. Yeah. I, I think it would work. I, I think that, I mean, you heard Mike Tomlin, was it two months ago when Carson Palmer plopped him into USC rumors? And Mike Tomlin gave one of the sweetest little retorts or speeches I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't see anybody asking Andy Reid about this. Uh, so there's there's the prestige of Tomlin, you know, talking about I work for probably the best football organization next to at least in terms of being storied, the Cowboys and the Packers, the Steelers, they're always relevant. And, you know, he was pissed that he was associated with USC rumors because collegiate is now b- beneath him. Um, so Harbaugh, though, I think really likes the control in college and that worked in what, 20. 11 2012 for NFL and it could work now, but I think one of the main beefs with college coaches is you come in and you try to run it like you did your college. And these are grown men that ain't going to, ain't going to necessarily fall into line. Holy shit. You know what? After you just said that, it just dawned on me that that was 12 years ago or 10 years ago, <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. seems like yesterday, but yeah, we're coming up on uh, next this time next year will be the 10 year anniversary of the Beyonce Super Bowl Ravens and uh, 49ers when the lights went out right after halftime. Joe Flacco and his magical run. And Brian. Yeah, McKinney got yeah Super he Bowl. has. And Harbaugh hasn't done the best at Michigan. No, either. No, I mean, the, for Michigan standards. I think he's he's kind of like uh, I saw a tweet about this once. He's like Kirk Cousins. He's good and he keeps them good but they're not great. Yeah. And I think at Michigan, you have to be a powerhouse. And then what is it? He beat Ohio state once. Is that what it is? Just this yes. year too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 
but if the if the Raiders stayed true to bowl bowl cut Davis form and wanted to make a big splashy name like they did Gruden, yeah, then Harbaugh would be up there. But I just don't know if Harbaugh ever wants to leave. Hmm. All right, conference champions. Excuse me, conference championships. Let's start in the NFC. The uh, <laughs> I don't know as you watched that Niners game, right? Yes. When when that punt was blocked and nobody knew where the ball was. And then it just like showered down onto the field so that 49ers could score. It was like uh, what I've been saying for months now, Packers fans in the month of January turn into Vikings fans, the way they talk They're They're like, yep, some shit's going to happen in the playoffs. So we're not going to get the Super Bowl, and just inevitable. We're going to wait for it to happen. And I was like, we say that every like week. <laughs> and now you guys are finally saying it. So that team, I swear to God has the Packers number. And I don't know when it'll ever change. They have Aaron Rodgers' number. But the way that Kyle Shanahan schemes for teams, like he, I think he's just a top eight quarterback away from being absolutely dominant every year because he's such a strategist. Mm-hmm. And I do not see the Rams steamrolling them, A, because I don't know if Shanahan is capable on a big stage of getting embarrassed. And then um, B, you said the stat on here before it was popular at that time. He had beaten McVeigh five straight times. It's now six straight times. Yeah. And I'm still taking the Rams because I believe they're finally gelling after their little mid season meltdown. When they assembled the dream team, I do think the Rams will win, but I won't be shocked one iota. If the Niners find a way to get back and we get a super bowl rematch from two years ago, what do you got in the NFC game? Uh, yeah, I have the Rams as well. I, mm-hmm. I want to lean on the Niners to get there. Um, they definitely have the talent too. And as you mentioned, uh, Shanahan has McVay's number. Um, it's, it's just tough to, to beat a team three times in a year, seven let alone <laughs> seven straight times. Um, what an embarrassment. Yeah. I, I think the Rams will have enough and do enough to probably outlast the Niners. But uh, as you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners, you know, take care of business and and punch their ticket for the Super Bowl. They're so fundamentally sound up and down the depth chart that mm-hmm. w- their play calling works. And it's not even we talk about Shanahan as the 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 young offensive mind, but his play calling like is creative but it's not pass happy. Like the way that they control football games is by creative, innovative running plays with dudes who have no business running the football in the fullback and then Debo. And it just works. It's very cool. It's Shanahanian. Yeah. It's, it's give us, pretty impressive. Give us the NFC take Jason. You know, that it didn't surprise me. And, and you guys, you know, we talked about it a few shows ago and Dustin, you've nailed this home. Is like, you know, you're not going to be surprised to see the Niners in the Super Bowl. Nobody wants to play them. Um, and and yeah, Shanahan is it's not an air raid offense at all. Everything you said was accurate, and it's beautiful to watch. <laughs> um, there is I couldn't imagine game planning against against him. I, I mean, I really couldn't, and I think it's every ounce of my being wants to say. Yeah, the Rams. I mean, they they have to be able to win this. But here's the thing, though. 
once this game starts, the Rams aren't going to look like the Rams. (laughs) And it's going to be a completely different game. The Niners will look like the Niners and they're Uh going to do their thing, but they're never, I don't just, I don't see the, you know, cause you watch the Rams, um, you know, and, and I'm not talking about when they let Brady back into the that game. Was, I'm that, talking was gonna, to, that was going to happen no matter what. That was going to happen. But I'm talking about everything prior to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when they got out to that lead. Now, that's the Rams. Everybody's accustomed to seeing. It's just not going to look like that. I just can't imagine. Um, but then Cooper Cup is just, oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> They're leaving him open. I, I don't understand that. How, how in the world is that guy open the, ever? The, the reason like it's, it's a meme or it's a joke in that, you know, how, why are you putting a linebacker on him or why is he escaping with a safety on him? The reason that happens is because he plays in the slot and that, that will make a defense try to get away with stuff as opposed to a guy on the edge, the court and Sutton or Jefferson. Now, uh, if a guy is out on the edge, we know, you know, throw his hand up, the ball is going to go to him. But Cup does all of this damage in a cerebral way in the slot. So you have to get creative with who you're going to throw on him. So it's not the defensive coordinators are like, oh, no, we're not going to put our best CB on him because, you know, that's silly. It's because based on the way that the Rams get him open and the way that the offense is run, somehow he always wiggles his way onto a linebacker or a safety. Yeah, it's it's very impressive. Um, I think, you know, um, yeah, I'm gonna just gonna I'm just gonna take the I'm gonna take the Niners. I'm I'm gonna take the Niners. Twenty-one fourteen. Really? Okay. I'm taking the the Rams by a field goal, and that sets up my preseason prediction to be correct of the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Although I, I should never have switched it, but I switched it at the last minute to the Bucks, um, and that takes us to the AFC game, which I don't personally think will be as close or exciting. I think this is more of a coronation for Kansas City. I do think that Cincinnati belongs to be there. They they played a gutty, gritty game against uh, the Titans, who were overvalued as the one C. I'm I'm convinced, and I, I but I, I really think the Chiefs take this one about 35-21. I, I I it's I think they put in all of their heart and soul into winning, which. Should have been the Super Bowl or AFC Championship against the Bills, and they're not going to take them lightly. But I think that at Arrowhead, it's it, I, I've said for about two years that the Chiefs are going to get to the Super Bowl every other year, and I think that's just the way it is. And what a what a what a crazy marvelous thirteen seconds, like the absolute perfect play calls, perfect timing. Like it's you, when you watch those games, you swear that it's just Madden reincarnated on television. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Give me, give me your AFC pick Wes. Uh, for me, uh, I'll go with the, the chiefs at home. Um, yeah, I think the, the real AFC matchup happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my prediction of the bills nearly came true. 13 <laughs> seconds away. There were twice. Twice on the sidelines where Allen looked like he sat down. It was like, we did it. Yeah. And I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they don't squib, squib the kick. Oh, man. Squib the kick. The thing that gets lost in transition, <laughs> translation there is you don't necessarily have to do a squib from the 90s where you kick it to like the 40. 
Yeah. The kicker can kick it to about the 15 or the 10, forcing the, the returner to make a decision whether to kneel it right there or to burn three seconds running it until he gets yep. tackled. And I think I think we get spooked in this day and age of making the wrong decision and analytics and all that. Because if you squib it and the bastard only goes 30 yards, then that was stupid. But if you right. kick it out of bounds, no time comes off the clock. So I think forcing that returner to do something with the ball at the 10-yard line was probably what uh, McDermott would do again if he could have it all over. Absolutely. Uh, so you got Chiefs by, by what, 10, 14? Um, I'll say 10. Okay. Yeah. And exciting game or? The- I think so. I mean, okay. Um, you and I are in a little daily fantasy league. I'm going to load up on players from this game. Yeah. Uh, rather than, um, the Rams and Niners, I think that game will be, um, a little more defensive, heavy, um, grinded out type of a game. The Niners are DFS breakers. Yeah. <laughs> they get in there and they just, they, they screw it all up because their defense has surprise, surprise has schemed so well for the opposing team. Yeah. All right, Jason, uh, get us off air with your AFC kind of spiel. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Bengals. I I've been <laughs> off with all my picks all all year, but I'm going to go with the 1989 rematch. Bengals Niners. Or was that 88? That or one was that 90? Nope. That was the 88 regular season, 89 Super Bowl. Yes. Yep. Yes, I, yes. The reason I remember that is because the first Super Bowl that I watched. And I was six years old was Broncos and Niner Niners when the Niners blew the doors off of them. And yeah. then once I got into sports, I would see the highlights of the Bengals Niners game because it's still fresh in everybody's memory that they would show a Siasen and John Taylor's catch and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the 88 season. So yeah. why, what what did the Chiefs do wrong to cough Chiefs away? Chiefs didn't if- do anything wrong. I okay. think they left I, that game had to have taken an emotional physical toll on that team holy cow what a game best game i've ever watched certainly the best two last two (laughs) minutes of any game i've ever watched i thought i thought the bills won that game twice yeah Yeah. um just like you said and and so did Allen. and and you have to god oh my goodness i couldn't believe that game um and 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 you know you want to do the squib kick but geez you know, everybody always talks, well, you don't want to leave uh, any time on the clock for Rodgers or uh, Mahomes or Brady. But we're talking about 13 seconds here. <laughs> I mean, th- that is almost next to no time. That's usually not enough, but it proved that it certainly was enough. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, I really love Joe Burrow's attitude. He's like, man, I'm sick and tired of people saying that we're the underdogs. You know, we're coming for it all. Mm-hmm. I love a leader like that. Even, you know, he's, he's got a leading a group of young guys. Um, and, and they remind me a little bit of that, of that. And I think I've said that before that Michigan basketball team from the early nineties, mm-hmm. the fab five, they just remind me of that. And God, I think they can get the upset and, wouldn't it be something if they wound up in the Super Bowl? Yeah, the the Bengals Niners that would be something nobody called back in September. Right. Not because they not because they were shitty or anything. It just no. Yeah, it, I mean, I would, be two teams that mind. beat the Vikings. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have the Bengals beating the beating the Titans. You know, um. So yeah, I mean, my predictions were all off kilter. 
Yeah, I think I think this is the time when the Bengals have to just exist and learn a little bit. I, um, you'll recall during the 2019 Super Bowl run for the Chiefs in the playoffs, every game they got in, they trailed by 10 points, and then they just came rumbling back, especially that Texans game when they were down, was it 21 nothing? And then the second quarter, they had it erased 24-21. They led at halftime. Uh, I think it, they just need a little panic to get them going. And yeah, you, so uh, what, what happens if the if that happens, though? I mean, because, you know, right now we're like, well, we're going to be watching Allen and Mahomes battling out for the next decade like we did Manny, uh, Manning and Brady. <laughs> what, what happens if Burrow just slithers into the into the Super Bowl? <laughs> where, where does that put him? But you've mentioned it before. You're talking Burrow and Herbert, and Mahomes and Allen and Lamar. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Man. And then that, that's that's just the guys that are Herculean that are going to lead their teams to at least seven wins no matter what. You're not even talking about the good teams that will spring up. And yeah. then then you have the, the Tannehills, the Tua's. Derek Carr is the guys that are, are Baker. Yep. Big. Yeah. The guys that are good enough, whatever happens with the Steelers too. the guys that are good enough to lead a team. Um, but they're going to have to get through like this. And that could be with Rogers on your team too. <laughs> so. yeah, and, and, yeah, then, you, then you could have like a, an elder statesman, like Rogers come over to Denver and, and keep them relevant for like two years, but then, <laughs> then he's gone. And then yeah. it's like, Oh man. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be a fun decade of football. So Wes and I both have Chiefs Rams and Jason took that and said the hell with you. And he's got 49ers Bengals. So going against the green Mm -hmm. 49ers Bengals 1988 (laughs) with a, uh, with the Dr. Dre halftime show. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's going to be glorious. This they should like, extend that by 45 minutes. This is the first time I think any of us on this show are acting like the mainstream world that says, oh, I'm just watching for the halftime show. Yeah, usually I don't. <laughs> I watch it. And I'm like, yeah, this was pretty awesome. Like uh, when Katy Perry and them do it. But now I'm, I'm right there with the rest of the world. It's just like, let's get to the fucking halftime show. Yeah, so. and they're actually coming out with like, excerpts and in like video feeds and things gearing you up for it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're going to put on a great show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wish, uh, I wish there was a way, I don't know if they can, I wish there was a way they pay homage to Nate Dogg somehow, because when that guy died a decade ago, a decade ago, it was like all of that hip hop sound stopped because he was on so much of it. And I love that guy to death. And I know that he's been gone for a decade, but I wish that at least there was like some sort of Nate dog. And you know, I, I, I at home could be like, hell yeah, that, that's, that's Nate dog. So, well, you know, and yeah. I mean, it is Dre and uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, methodical thinking that comes into putting <laughs> on a show like this. He could. Yeah. yeah. Surprise me a bit. I right, well, brought out a Tupac hologram. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, there we go. I want my Nate dog hologram. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll be back in one week. We'll have some head coaching hires to break down, and we'll have a Super Bowl to start previewing. And any other any other tidbits? I don't think anything in Rogers things will break or any Brady's things will break, but we'll get there. Uh, Hopefully, our, some coaching hires. Yeah, we'll get some coaching hires. We will. Yeah, it's that time of year, the time of the calendar. All right, gentlemen. Uh, stay safe and we'll be back for more recap analysis in one week. Alrighty. All right, All right. guys. Later. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.